Welcome, welcome um, everyone to another episode of No Right, No Wrong. My name is C.T. Dice and um, on this episode, I would continue um, with a conversation I had with Pastor Anthony, um, the head pastor at ROCCG Praise Chapel in Fredericton, New Brunswick. And um, let's get into it. Okay, so um, the next thing or broad topic that I wanted to also ask you, Pastor, would be when it comes to leadership. And when I am looking at leadership here, um, what I'm looking at is being a leader and also being led. Um, because in my um, in my opinion, we always find ourselves in this situation in life. Everybody does. At some point, either you're being led in school, you're being led at your workplace, or you are leading people in, for example, maybe your own family, uh, maybe your own friends. Um, but at every stage in life, we get to be in a leadership position and we also get to be led in some way how can we learn through christ what to actually look out for when it comes to leadership both being led and leading thank you very much um, that's very interesting um, jesus christ is a perfect example when it comes to leadership and uh, being led as a son he obeyed his father completely. He said clearly, he said, my desire is to do the will of him that sent me. I please my father always. So as a son, he showed what it meant to follow. So much that he was willing to die on the cross to please his father. He obeyed him completely. He said, not my will, but your will be done. And as a leader, he also showed the perfect example in terms of transforming because leadership is influence in transforming the lives of the people that he led he showed them the goal the kingdom of god and so when you talk about christ there's no ambiguity about what he stood for clear righteousness eternal life so as a leader he showed us the way he was resourceful he was he exemplified service he was merciful he was loving he was the perfect example he was true to his word you know he was someone who showed us the path to follow he mirrors both sides leading the, the flock and also following the father leading the flock following the father so he, he his life clearly uh, defines what leadership is and the followership and should be so based on what um you said um i also want to talk about the the pressures that come with leadership and the responsibility that comes with being led or rather i'll put it this way the pressures that come with leading and the responsibilities that come with being led you just talked about the way jesus christ showed us to do it right and one thing that came um that also was kind of uh, important uh, when you said that was the fact that jesus christ was led uh, or was led by god as a son and he was leading us which is the church right um when he came um and died for us um as well so uh, what i just wanted to ask was I know there are pressures that come with leadership. There are sacrifices that come with it. How should we be viewing these um, pressures and sacrifices when it comes to leading? And how should we be viewing 
um, our responsibility to a leader in terms of how we live um, we live our lives right now in the world. In a way, the two <laughs> can flow because when we understand what the leader is going through, then the follower will adjust um, their behavior. Now, the, the, there are a lot of pressures that go with being a leader. And in Christianity and in other facets of life, oh, let me stay with Christianity. Um, because of the pressure, because of the responsibilities, it is not something you take on by yourself. It is something that is trust on you by God. Leadership is key. Leadership is important. And with Christian leadership, it is more of sacrifice. Christ volunteered to come and die for us. It's not about uh, you being served. It's about you serving others. It is making yourself inconsequential. You are called to be a servant. It's a selfless task. It's not a, a task where you are seeking honor or seeking the praises of men. Jesus said it clearly. He said, the one that will be greatest is the one that will be the servant. So leadership in Christianity is all about being a servant. And being a servant involves meeting the needs of others. It involves achieving a goal. As a leader in the church, there's a goal that has been set by God, our Father, our ultimate leader. And so your job is to meet that goal, to take people to where God wants them to be. So you are under authority of God and you are bringing the information of God to the people. And mind you, the people might not be receptive. So they are not going to like you all the time. <laughs> so now you have to say, look, I'm not seeking your admiration. I'm not seeking your, your, your worship. I'm seeking the praise of He that sent me God. So as a leader, you are taking people to where God wants them to be. And this, the story of the children of Israel as they left Egypt to the promised land is a clear example for us. They murmured, they grumbled, they complained all the way to the promised land. <laughs> but Moses had to endure all that. So there's, there's a lot of pressure because the people you are leading will not like everything you are telling them. Even though it's good for them, they will not like They will fight. They will complain. They will grumble. They will, they will do all manner of things. But this is where God wants them to be, or where God wants to take them to. So it comes with a lot of pressure. It comes with a lot of um, embodiment. Because again, you want to impact them. You want to impact lives. You want to impact lives. You want to change lives. You want the hand of God to be evident in their lives. So you want to see results in their life. You want to see results. You are result-driven. You want to see impact. Want to transform their lives and most of these things are not within your physical ability god has to give you the capacity to do them so the true leader is burdened he wants the people's life to be better he wants there to be tangible results so he has all this pressure and again he has to discipline himself he has to gather resources he has to gather people and use them to achieve what he wants so in the bringing people together, he has to make sure that they are working together as a team. They are working in a, in harmony. So he has to do all that. He has to train the people. So it, there's a lot of pressure. It requires a lot of effort. And many times the goal of God seems beyond the, the individual. So he has to rely on God. He's stressed. I mean, what God is asking him to achieve, he knows that left on his own. 
he cannot do it. But so he has to stretch himself, stretch his faith, allow himself to be stretched by God to be able to achieve what God wants him to achieve. So he's going through something and then he has to take his people through the same experience. So it's a, a lot of challenge. And this is why I say it flows together. When the follower understands what the leader is going through, the follower has to support the leader because he understands that the leader is but a man. The leader has some weaknesses. As much as they try to be bold and perfect, they are not God, they are not perfect. So the, the follower comes in the place of Aaron and Hall to say, look, we support you with our efforts. We will encourage you. We will do our best to make this task as easy as possible, help you achieve the God-given result. You know, and that's where we use the example of Christ who said, my will is to do, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. I seek to please him always. I will obey. He obeyed his father always. So the father comes to obey, to support, to use their gifts and talents to help the leader achieve um, the, the vision. And one clear thing about leadership is making the vision clear. Letting the people know that this is where we are going. So having known that this is where we are going, um, the follower helps the leader to get there. I'm just going to go back to some of the things you said just to get um, a response um, or basically just to say some things about that. So one thing you said, um, I'm just going to notice is when you said a lot of these things are results driven, right? In terms of when you're leading or um, when you're being led, I, I just wanted to kind of clarify that if that's similar to what I'm thinking in terms of the fact that if you're leading, there has to be some certain results that you have to have to make somebody want to be led by you, right? Um, or if you're being led by somebody, are you looking at their results, right? And to kind of um, be like, okay, this person is capable of leading me. Like, how should we be thinking of when we talk about results driven in terms of leadership? Thank you. We'll take our key from Jesus, and I consider Jesus to be a transformational leader who brought glorious impact, godly change to the lives of people. The Bible says in Acts 10 38 that uh, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. So he healed the sick, he, he, he healed the leper. He opened the eyes of the blind. He turned a fisherman to a worldwide evangelist. You know, so he made the barren fruitful. He transformed lives. And the church is in the business of transforming lives. It's in the business of adding to people. It's improving the quality of life. So those godly results and of course, we're talking also about godly change, righteousness, turning away from evil, you know, to, to righteousness, the destruction of the yokes, bondage. So the Christian leader is seeking to achieve godly results, bring godly change, improvement in the lives of people, changing their mindset, causing them to see through the lens of God, bringing about godly change. So he's looking for those kind of results. He's looking for healing for the Brethren, so he will engage prayer, he will engage fasting, he will try to teach the word of God in such a manner that is easily assimilated by the people. So he's looking for 
transformation. We come to church to be changed. <laughs> we, we come to church because we know that once we make contact with God, our lives will not remain the same. People are coming to church with burdens. They want the burdens to be lifted. So if they, they are in church for a while and there's no change in their life experience, they will begin to doubt if God really exists. So that's the pressure on the, on the leader. But of course, the leader must understand that it is not by his power, it is not by his might, it is the grace of God. So all he has to do is to introduce the people to God and show them how to connect with God, create the atmosphere where they can encounter God. And these results will naturally or supernaturally come into, into being. But yes, there's the desire to see results. Uh, what we call it tangible evidence that you have met with God. There has to be a tangible, <laughs> something I can point to that God has done in my life. And of course, the members to look for Christian leaders who can produce this change, who can introduce them to means and ways on how to, how to arrive at their destination, how to get this godly change. Because when you tell them, God can do this, God can do that, the next question they will ask is, how? How do I get it? So they are, they, are, they are looking for results. However, they also need to understand how God does it so that they will not be um, misled. They will not be taken captive by evil men and women who promise things, who do witchcraft, who do uh, wizardry and all that, thing, who, who love them to steal from them. They, will, they must be taught how to achieve those things and how God goes about doing those things. So results are key in the faith. Results or testimonies are very important. Thank you so much. I also have um, a few things um, that I would just like um, you to expand on. Um, the other one would be when you said the leader has to have a clear vision, right? And um, I think that's very important for people to follow um, the vision. How can you relay this vision to the other person? How can you, um, how should we be looking at when you say having a clear vision, but also communicating this clear vision and for it to be understood? Right. So, the book of Habakkuk Bible says, make the vision plain. Let it be clear that men will read it and they will run with it. The vision simply means what has God called you to do? And so, we must tell the people, this is what God has called us to do or this is where God is taking us to. So anybody coming in contact with you will know what you stand for. In the world, in the secular, they call it branding. You know, <laughs> So it needs to be clear, it needs to be understandable. What is God asking us to do? Jesus was clear, repent for the kingdom of God has come. Jesus was clear, uh, eternal life. It was clear about what he came to do. You know, several times they tried to make him a king. They tried to get him to raise an army against the, the Romans. The people thought the Messiah would be a warlord. But he said, no, that is not what I've come to do. This is what I've come to do. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. This is what I've come to do. I've come to reconcile you with your father. So as a Christian leader, we need to be clear about what God is calling us to do. We might not be able to do everything. For some people, they will tell you, this is the, my vision is to raise a praying army. So I'm called to raise people, you know, 
to, to pray, to intercede for nations. For some, my vision is to teach the world. Some have the vision to raise people that will influence government. You know, so you need to stick clearly. But the overall vision is making heaven. So it needs to be stated clearly. Then it must be communicated, put in words, passed along in a manner that the people can comprehend. It's easy to, to understand. And the actions of the leader must reflect the vision or the activities of the organization, if it's a church, must reflect the, the, the vision. So your resources, your time, your programs, what you do must tailor with what you say the vision is, must be taking us to the vision. All these are ways, you know, we pass along uh, the vision to the people by our actions, by the life we live. For instance, if we say we stand for holiness, we stand for integrity, then from the pastor to the last member, holiness and integrity must be things that are uh, professed and are always talked about and are honored in the group. We must hold ourselves to that vision. If somebody does contrary, then the person is disciplined. If somebody does it right, the person is honored. When people come into our midst, they must know by our lifestyle that this is what they stand for. You know, when we spend our resources, we must spend our resources in that direction. That way, the vision is clear. You know, somebody said, preach the word, preach always, if necessary, use words. Meaning that it's not always what you say. What you say is good, but how you act, how you live, how you react. You know, we also pass across the message to the people what you stand for. Um, yeah, that, that that's um, pretty um, clear when you put it that way. Um, I just wanted to, for me, it was about understanding how to pass along that vision. And as you said, your actions is probably the first thing people are seeing before you even open your mouth to speak um, in terms of communicating that um, vision. Another thing I wanted to talk about here when it comes to leadership is um, when it comes to leadership, there does seem to be, as we said, there's pressure. But there does seem to be um, a certain level of authority, right, for you to be able to lead, right, because somebody has to execute and um, lead the mission. And also, from what you said, that, that leader also has to serve. Uh, and this can be seen in the life of Christ in the, the Last Supper, when he actually washed the feet of his disciples. Um, he was trying to tell us something about actually um, leading. He was the leader of the disciples but um, he chose to wash um, their feet to show that you can also lead by actually serving the people that you're leading, which is basically what you're doing, you're serving them, but in terms of um, humbly leading them as well, in as well as um, having authority. I just wanted to get a, your take on authority and service um, going hand in hand while leading. Yeah, and this is very key in our church today, and has often been misunderstood by a lot of people when they look at leadership in the church. Authority represents power. Authority represents the ability to do things. And authority comes from God. Um, the church leadership, the church as an organization can put the church on a man. But true leadership is not positional. True leadership comes from 
influence affect lives that are affected and um, god empowers his children empowers us to minister to the needs of people to serve people jesus said it clearly he said that the leadership in the church is different from leadership in the world in the world the princes are served we serve our secular leaders the princes the kings but in the kingdom of god it is the reverse the leaders serve but today you find a lot of people who want to uh, do leadership in the church the way the world does leadership they come they see leadership leadership as a place of being honored or being served but jesus christ said no the true leader serves but don't get it wrong in the place of serving doesn't stop you from exercising authority there is spiritual authority spiritual power authority that comes from knowledge authority that comes from manifesting the power of god i mean uh, the fact that you are a pastor and you are serving doesn't mean that you cannot i mean if you can pray down healing people will respect you people will listen to what you say you will be able to guide and influence them but the motive for all that being in that position is to make the people's life their lives better so we must understand that we are called true leaders are called to serve and so the one who seeks leadership must first of all be ready to be selfless it's not about you it's about god first his will and it's about the people you are just a link a pipe that brings the 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 flow from god to the people and in many cases we seek not to be uh, identified we're just pipe we're just it's god is using us the, the bible says that the, what is it that you have that you are not given so what gift do you have now that is making you proud what ability do you have that god did not give so god gave us those abilities to do the things we are doing so he's, he, he gets his, his um, ability from God, but the ability is meant to assist the people to make their lives better. So he must learn to be selfless, he must learn to be humble, he must um, be willing to obey God, he must um, be willing to control his appetite, he must um, be willing to be, to, to bear, to be patient. Because from time to time, the people that he's serving will or may dishonor him. He must be patient with them. They might not do exactly what he's telling them to do at that particular time because they don't know better. So he has to be patient. The same way God the Father is patient with us. We don't always obey. So there are so many qualities that the leader has to learn and get from God in order to be able to do his work perfectly. One In, in the church, one clear way to exercise authority is to con constantly stay connected to God, to grow in God. Because God told Joshua, he said, look, I'm going to magnify you. It is God that lives. Honor, you cannot demand honor from anybody. Honor is given freely. But when God magnifies you, the people will, will honor you. He said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. So what he was telling Joshua, because Moses was a phenomenal leader, that all you saw Moses achieve, he did it because I was with him. He says, now I'm with you. Now I will be with you. And then God began to magnify Joshua. So the true leader knows that honor and respect, honor, respect, and all that from obedience from God comes from his connection with God. 
So the truly that connects with God, dwells in the presence of God, clings to God. And the more he reflects God, the people will begin to follow him. When Moses came down the mountain, the Bible said, after spending time with God, his garment was radiating glory. The people could not mm. even uh, look at him. And so they recognized that this man is different. This man is special. This man is powerful. So the Trinidad seeks authority and power from God and is humble enough that when God has given those, him those ability and powers and knowledge and everything, he's going to use those things to lift people up and choose to be selfless. So when the people come back to honor him, he will say, no, the honor belongs to God. I'm just a vessel. You know, so leadership is about serving the people. Uh, and like I said, unfortunately, in today's world, many people um, have turned it upside down. They want to be served. They are manipulate, manipulating people. They are demanding uh, honor. They are oppressing people. You know, but that is not true leadership. The example of Jesus is to be a servant leader. True, true. And that will be it for the first part on this conversation about leadership with Pastor Anthony. The second part of um, this leadership conversation is coming up right next. And thank you everyone for listening.